Hi, Gateway Church Dartford here. Thank you for tuning in to our podcast. We trust that what you hear will be a blessing and an encouragement to your journey. Guys, welcome this morning. It's our Vision Sunday and uh, if you're taking notes, we encourage you to do that. But before we go there, um, if you're not aware, throughout February is our month of prayer and fasting. And I'm very, very serious about that. And uh, why? Because nothing would be achieved in the life of the church supernaturally if we don't fast. Very quiet this morning. Um, can I get an amen? Nothing would be, would, would be achieved. So the church, you, us, everybody is um, now in a time of prayer and fasting. Now, what does fasting look like? We've talked a lot about the spiritual side of fasting, but I just want to really, maybe for a couple of minutes this morning, talk about the practical side of it, you know. And I have people say, but Chris, how do we fast? Or how do we do this? You know, I am at work and I've got to do this and I've got to do that. And so here's some pointers that can help you if you don't know them already. Miss out a meal. Miss out your breakfast. Before you know it, you won't know you've done it. Um, if, if, if you struggle with that, wake up late. Yeah? Wake up late, so you ain't got the time. Yeah? So you got to have a shower, rush out, and get to work. So skip breakfast. Oh, Chris, but I'm going to die. You're not going to die. Trust me. You're not going to die. Okay? You'll be fine, and we'll see you next Sunday. Okay? You'll be fine. Oh, miss out your lunch. Okay, if you are working in an office, it's very easy to do that. Is it easy to do that, Tim? If you're working in an office, you just plow through work, you know, except if your colleagues, I think, I suppose, if you're turning up with sandwiches all around you or fruits and God knows what, or the sandwich bar just open or the sandwich lorry just turned up, that's a bit difficult. But if you're working in an office or if you're a bit on your own in an office, that's kind of a doable uh, to do that. Um, if you're on your own, it's helpful to have some worship around. If you can wear your, your headphones or whatever, I find that very helpful. That keeps you focused into fasting. If you are at home, okay, uh, it's easy to be taken or drawn straight to the kitchen cupboards where your cookies are or where your biscuits are. Right, Steve? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, that kind of happened, and you think to yourself, how did I get there? Well, you know, that's what normally happens if we're not keeping focus. very easy to do that. Uh, if your mind kind of wander, um, and if you're fasting, trust me, you will get to that cupboard. You will, you will get to them crisps. Uh, you will get to these stuff that we like, Steve, you know, these, uh, yeah, that stuff is really good. Now, we don't even, I, I think it's called Sev, I don't know what it's called. 
Suddenly, the uh, aroma of smell of the neighbor's kitchen is going to come through. Suddenly, you're going to get aroma coming from all sorts of places. The restaurant down the road that's not very close to you, suddenly, you know, them chicken tikka is going to come through. I think Uh, you might be making people's tummies rumble, talking about all this food. If you are fasting this morning, I do apologize. Um... And uh, so, these are pointers that's going to help us to fast. You know, please don't find excuses not to fast. Because that's what the enemy wants us to do. You know, a list of... I'm getting there. (laughs) I'm getting there. (laughs) So, um... I thought, lost my train of thought. (laughs) Okay, I'll just address that quickly. Um, So, if you're working, it's, some of you, it's not helpful to just fast the whole day. Okay, so uh, you have to then find what actually is helpful for you, whether that works for breakfast or whether that works for lunch or whether that works for dinner. So, we're we're not saying that you've got to fast the whole day. Okay, we're saying fast a meal. Fast in the evening, if that works better. Fast in the morning, if that works better. Perhaps explain what that does. What that does, we've already covered on that. So if you haven't been there, we've, we've already covered what fasting does. Fasting is a abstaining of food to your flesh. Okay, so you are depriving your flesh with some substance. Fasting is not, I've said that many times, is not fasting EastEnders, it's got nothing to do with it, is not fasting, I don't know what else people say, uh, I'm going to fast walking the dog. No, that's got nothing to do with fasting. Or I'm going to fast going on a holiday. No, that's got nothing to do with fasting. Fasting is directly involved to substance, to food. Okay? Food to your own body. Make sure you drink plenty if you're fasting. Okay? Make sure you drink plenty. doesn't matter if you're drinking tea, you're drinking water, you're drinking juice. Make sure you keep your fluid level uh, up because it's helpful for that. You guys just need prayer. I'll lay hands on you later. Um, <laughs> praise God. So these are, and, and we will continue to fast throughout, not obviously throughout the whole year, but we'll have breaks throughout the year where we, ca- we will actually fast. Now, why are we fasting as a church? Why are we fasting? Well, we need to increase the spirituality of the church. What that means is we need to hear clearly direction that what God wants us to do. And that do not happen in the natural. Okay, we need to evangelize the area where we are and we need to know what God wants us to do. Is that, is that okay? Mm-hmm. Is that helpful? And for us to do that, prayer is just not enough. And throughout scripture we see that that Prayer and fasting 
is very, very evident, was evident in the life of Jesus, was evident in the life of the disciples, to fast and pray and seek what God wants us to do. In Acts, spoke that a few weeks ago, we see when they picked leaders, they picked people after praying and fasting and make decisions based upon prayer and fasting. Chris, does that apply to my own life? Absolutely. Does that apply to me making a decision in my own life? Absolutely. All of that is clarity, direction. How am I going to get from A to B? How am I going to get there through prayer and fasting? All of that is, and if you are not on our WhatsApp group, we need GDPR, we need your permission to do that. Sit down over there and he'll tell you what you need to do. Okay, if you want to get on the WhatsApp and we are on day five and I'm going to post something every day throughout the month to just encourage us to continue to pray and fast. Our Wednesday midweek service, not service, but meeting, is geared towards prayer and fasting during this month. We, we will get back to the chosen after and then in this month, we need to know how to include more prayer in the life of the church, how to include more meeting, gathering together. We need strategy without actually burning people out. Okay, we're not out to burn you out, and we are now to, out to get you out for any particular reason, but for something that is substantial. Next week, we are meeting around Olu's on Wednesday night. So please... Um, See us if you need details, address to meet up. Let's come together, let's pray together, and let's see the hand of God together uh, operational in um, our lives, in the life of the church. And the following week, we're meeting around daisies. Not seeing her this morning, but we will give you announcement over that. I just want to say a couple of things, um, carrying on from what you've said. Firstly, um, at the prayer meeting on Wednesday, I wasn't there personally because I was on holiday, but Tracy and Stuart hosted and they did some really exciting things to make the prayer meeting, um, I don't know what the word is, more accessible. And what I mean by that is sometimes when we hear the word prayer meeting, we, we think, oh, I mean, let's be honest, yeah? Let's be honest. Some of us have grown up or been to prayer meetings where everyone's sitting around and someone goes, dear Lord, God, please heal Aunt Maud, amen. And then there's 10 minutes of awkward silence. And then someone goes, glory, 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 glory. 10 more minutes of awkward silence. And then someone sings a song about 100 years old, and then everyone has a cup of tea and goes home. And nobody wants to... to take time out for that do they but we are making prayer exciting because exciting so, sorry prayer is the backbone of a church and what we want to do when we say that we want the church needs to grow in, in 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 our spiritual walk is that we know god has so much for for us and he wants to do so much through us and we want to know what that is and this this is god's church and we want to go his way and this is our way of finding out what he wants and getting direction. Is that not, is that's right, isn't it, Chris? The second thing, I want to talk about fasting. I believe in being transparent, and I really struggle with fasting. I'm not going to lie, I put my hand up. So I want to invite any of you who are struggling with fasting to join me, and together we can encourage each other to try this. 
Yeah, so just come and see me. And don't be afraid. There's no judgment because I'm not in a place to judge. And we'll do this together. Over to you. Brilliant. So um, this morning, uh, prayer is obviously part of what we were talking about, part of the vision of this church this year. And God has put on our hearts that... Um, Oh, actually, before I want to go there, can I ask core team to stand, please? If you're in core team. Okay, these guys, give them a God bless. Okay, the reason we want to know, we want, thank you, you guys can sit down. I want to, um, I want to say thanks to them because without them, we can't lead the church. Okay, we can't do what... Um, we will do. Can we ask the servant group to stand now, please? And some of you are in, in both camps. But um, And the servant group are there to just help us. Thank you. Um, to, are there to really help us um, to bring some of the vision of what we want to do in the life of the church. And call team, help us with the practicalities of what we want to do. And as we expand and as the church grows... We want to make sure that the, the church is not um, on sitting on both myself and Bev leading the church. And we want you to know that the church needs to grow, people need to grow, you need to grow, and we need to make who? We need to make disciples. Can I hear the word disciples? Can you say that? Disciples is what the Bible has called us to make. We're not here to make converts. There's, a, there's a, a, a big difference between converts and disciples, which we talk about later. Back to prayer. Prayer is the backbone, as Bev said, of any church. Without prayer, we will not achieve anything. And if you bring the best strategy, okay, you will not, we will not be able to meet the strategy um, of even uh, the biggest church say, oh, uh, let's pinch a, stat a strategy from this church that's done great things and we're going we're gonna to just mirror that and everything's going to be fine. No, it doesn't work that way. We have to download what God wants us to do. And I've been quoting Yonggi Cho in the past um, couple of weeks and I want you to see what he says on the next slide. He says this, you could remove the powerful preaching from our church and it would still continue. You could remove the administration of pastoral care through the cell group system and the church would still continue. But if you remove prayer in the life of our church, it would collapse. This is from somebody who pastors at 850,000 people. I think we need to listen. Okay? So prayer needs to be sustainable. And we talk about prayer. It's not sometimes we think, you know what, um, I'm praying because I am in a pickle. I've got to pray because I am stuck. I need God to do something for me. I need a new job. I need, I need something that needs to come through for me. No, prayer needs to become a lifestyle for us. We need to pray, we need to continue to pray to seek the face of God, not because I've got a problem, not because I've got a pickle, because prayer is communication with God. How would you feel 
okay, if you had a really good friend and a really good friendship and you only go to your friend when you need help, how would you feel about that? How would you feel about that friendship? You think used and you think, wow, every time your life is okay, you don't know about me. Every time your life is okay, you don't care about me, but when your life is not, when everything is falling apart, you call me and say, Chris, can we go out? Can we spend time together? I need a friend. And perhaps you got some of those friends in your life. But we need the grace of God uh, to be able to stay friends with these people. But it's not real friendship, isn't it? Real friendship is a two-way thing. And prayer is a two-way thing where we actually pray to God, but also hear what God has to say. It's a two-way thing. A few more quotes says, nothing you can do will benefit you more than prayer. And we have been told about prayer, both says earlier, we've, we just feel with dread. You, I mean, I've been 30 odd years in the church, and every time you mention prayer, you know, you get less and less people turn out for prayer. What is it about prayer that, you know, food uh, generations has just turned people... Um, you know, through dread about prayer. So we need insight to make prayer exciting, to be able to be in communication with the Lord. Before I do or say anything, I pray, David says. This is a difference between acting and reacting. So we need to change our style of prayer where we react to things, to acting. Wouldn't it be, be marvelous that we, 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 we stop something from happening through prayer? We stop a chaos situation through prayer. We get people in the church falling in love with God through prayer. We are active through prayer rather than reactive. We react because something bad has happened and we need to pray. The Bible says this in Philippians 4, 6. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything. What's everything? As you know, my English language is very poor. What's everything? What's another word for everything? What, what, what's another word for all things? What was that? Total. Are, they, are these called synonyms? Is that right? Wow, this is a new word for me, see? Um, in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be made to God. And somebody says, well, my request, God already knows my request anyway, so I don't need to pray. But we need to pray. We need the hand of God. Praying at all times in the Spirit. What do you know, what do you, what do you hear when you, when you hear this? Praying at all times in the Spirit. 
with all prayer and supplications. What do we understand by that? Praying in the Spirit. Anybody? Be brave. Praying in tongues. Do you know why we have to pray in tongues? For some of us that do. We pray in tongues because we run out of words. I know you guys are clever. I know you're smart, and I know your English is much better than I am. But even in Creole, in my own language, I run out of words. And run out of the things to pray. This is why sometimes we have ten minutes of silence. Because people haven't got a clue what to pray next. Isn't that true? Have you been there, rattled from your mind what you got to pray next? Yeah. Praying in the Spirit. And I will do that. I will just pray in the Spirit. So when I'm working, I'm praying in the Spirit because the Spirit is making intercession on my behalf. He's praying on my behalf. I am in a much better place to pray and continue to pray in the Spirit. Likewise, the Spirit help us in our weakness, for we do not know what to pray for as we ought. Here you go. But the Spirit himself intercede for us with groanings too deep for words. Sometimes our words is not deep enough. Luke 11, 2, and he said to them, when you pray, say, okay? When you pray, say, Prayer is not thinking. And thinking is not praying. There is something that happens when we open up our mouth and speak. And God says, let there be light. And there was. Speak to this mountain. Let it be removed. Faith is active through speaking. Speak the word. Speak your prayer. Speak, speak out. Even in tongues, speak out. There is something that takes place that we hear in our own body when we speak. Evangelism. Um, another one of our goals this year that forms part of our vision is evangelism. So we're going to look at that for a moment. Evangelism. So in Matthew 28, what do we find? Does anyone know what we find in Matthew 28? Yeah, it does happen in the early part of the chapter, yeah, the resurrection. But right at the very end of the chapter is what is famously known as the Great Commission. And that is, from verse 18, it says, Jesus came and told his disciples, I've been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, 
teach these new disciples to obey, to obey all the commands I've given you. And be sure of this, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. So, like Chris said, it's not enough to bring people to the Lord. We need to help them understand exactly what they've done when they've given their lives to the Lord and help them to understand how to read the Bible um, and how to, to pray. And they just, you know, discipling is basically coming alongside somebody and guiding them through those early days of being a Christian. In Mark 16, 15 to 18, it says even more. He said to them, that's Jesus, go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved, but whoever does not believe will be condemned. So that's what it says in the Bible. And these signs will accompany those who believe. In my name, they will drive out demons. They will speak in new tongues. They will pick up snakes with their hands, and when they drink deadly poison, it will not hurt them at all. They will place their hands on sick people, and they will get well. Isn't that exciting? That is what God has is, is, is given to us to do. I, I mean, I'm just, I've got to take a moment, you know, reading that again. Thank you, Lord, you know, that you've given this to us. And why do we do this? Because Jesus has commanded us to. This is the one thing you might be wondering, oh, I don't know what God wants me to do with my life. Or I don't know what my ministry will be. I don't know what my calling is. Well, in the meantime, do this. Because this is something that every single one of us has been called to do. Why do we do it? Because if someone gives you an exciting gift, you're excited, aren't you? I get very excited at Christmas when Chris gives me a gift. When my children give me a gift, my mum or my brother gives me a gift, I'm really excited because I know that they know me and they know what I like. And I'm really excited. And um, God has given us the greatest gift. He's given us eternal life. He's given us salvation. He's given us freedom. And the greatest news we'll ever hear is the gospel, the good news of Christ. And when we hear good news, we want to tell everyone, don't we? Yeah, we want to we wanna put it on Facebook, on Instagram, on TikTok, on all these things, Snapchat. If, is that still a thing? Yeah. And um, see, I'm old. And, um, you know, you want the world to know, you know. You want to tell your neighbor, guess what, you know. Instead of telling them about a special offer that's at Tesco's, wow, you never guess what God did for me. So in Romans um, 1.16, it says, and if eagle-eyed of you, might remember that that was on our poster for our vision for this year. Is it there? Yes. For I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power, this is the thing, yeah, power of God for salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek, as, as to everybody. Actually, in, my trans, in some translation, it says to everybody else, to the Gentiles, Yeah. Notice the word power. There's literal power. So let's read that again. For I am not ashamed of the gospel, because it's the power of God that brings salvation to everyone who believes first to the Jew, then to the Gentile. Power. No, I want you to remember that word, yeah? Power. There's power in the gospel. So before we talk about how to evangelize, we're going to have a little video to show us a few ways how not to do it. Enjoy. Enjoy. 
Actually, we have a couple girls in line already. If I could just get you to move to the back, and I'll help you as soon as I'm done with that. Sorry about that. Last week first, first will be last. Dude, do you go to church at all? You go to church at all? So do you go to church at all? Hey, is this seat open? And hey, is this seat available? Uh, dude, I just wanted to knock out some devos real quick. I spent some time with Jesus. I woke up kind of late this morning. Yeah, come on, let's go over. Let's go over. Let me sit down. I just want to share something from God's word. He hit me up in my devos this morning. I was like, I got to share this. Genesis 1, 1. Thirsty, huh? Getting some water? Yeah. Yeah, I know the living water. I was noticing that you're drawing some stuff over here. Back before when I wasn't a Christian, I, I was making so much money as a graphic designer. You been born again? You been born again? Born again, and you need to quit walking in the flesh. I mean, obviously, you don't really know God, your tattoos, and you know, in your ear and stuff. If you don't start out the day by just bathing yourself in prayer, the day doesn't even go that well. You're not realizing that there is a God, He sent Jesus to die for you. Why don't you see that? And in chapter 28 of Deuteronomy, I just would go to these crazy parties, it was crazy. Well, I mean, just cash like crazy, but uh, but I've left all that behind. Now I'm a Christian. You can't live life without God, He's not real, He's here. I can't yes, see he is. Him, I'm just not getting through to you. God I can't is real. Touch him. Yeah, you can't touch Africa, but Africa exists. I just have to say, I'm blessed. Too blessed to be stressed by the devil's mess. What's holding you back from committing your life to Jesus Christ? I it's probably the sin in your life is what's going on. <laughs> scared? Hell is scary. Why don't you look at that girl right there? Look at her. She's gonna die. Maybe not today, maybe not tomorrow. She's gonna die. If you are to die, where do you think you would go? Man, that sounded hot. I wonder how hot hell is. Hopefully you don't go there. Oh, this is good. The New Testament is so just applicable. Have you guys noticed this? Hey, you gotta be washed by the blood of the lamb. I mean, so that you are justified, sanctified, future glorified. I mean, this is amazing. You gotta come out. Do you drive a Volkswagen? Yeah, yeah, I do. But regardless, man, you gotta come to church. Hey, remember what I said? Hell is scary. So, that's shown us how kind of not to go about evangelizing. I think everybody's met someone like that, haven't they? Yeah. So this guy wasn't behaving nicely, was he? First of all, at the beginning of the video, he cut that man up in the car park, and then he had the gall and audacity to thank God for the parking space. He just nicked off that poor man. Yeah. And he rudely jumped the queue when he went in. And so he's spouting, you know, he's trying to say, God bless you. And then these poor women are there trying to give their order already. Um, so we need to be good witnesses, you see, because the biggest way of sharing the gospel is being, is living right, because people are looking at our lives. It's no good telling, giving people the gospel and then, you know, behaving badly as well, because people aren't seeing it, you know. You know, there's nothing bigger uh, a put-off than a hypocrite. So, um, you know, we've got to be authentic, you know, and... Um, preach, you know, what's the word, you know, walk the talk, you know, actually live what we're, we're preaching. He was insensitive, he invaded people's privacy, he frightened people unnecessary and used Christian jargon that none of them understood. So, um, you know, he was referring to things that nobody had heard of, he weirded people out and he scared them away and he was annoying so we need wisdom, sensitivity, and above all, the Holy Spirit's power and guidance. In Acts 1, 
4 to 5, it says, And being assembled together with them, he, Jesus, commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father. Now, this is just before he ascended back to heaven. So, which he said, you have heard from me. So he's saying, um, being assembled together with them, Jesus commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father. Which he said, you've heard from me, for John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. So he's asking them to stay put. He's given this, them this commandment to go out into the world, preach the good news, making disciples of people. But he's also told them to wait in Jerusalem for the Holy Spirit to come because he knows that he need, they need the power of the Holy Spirit to be able to go out and fulfill what he's asked them to do. So later on in verse 8, he says, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And then later on, in verse 14, it says, they all met together and were constantly united in prayer. Wednesday nights, everybody. Yeah? Yeah. Acts 2, 1 to 4 says, On the day of Pentecost, all the believers were meeting together in one place. Suddenly, there was a sound from heaven, like the roaring of a mighty windstorm, and it filled the house where they were sitting. Then what looked like flames of tongues of fire appeared and settled on each of them, and everyone present was filled with the Holy Spirit and began speaking in other languages as the Holy Spirit gave them this ability. So there's some key things here. There was a promise from Jesus. They were obedient to his command. They were constantly in prayer together. There's an importance of corporate prayer. It's good to pray on your own, but when people come together, there's something special in that, something powerful in that, and we see evidence of that in the word of God. They must have wondered what Jesus meant when they obediently met together. Um, he'd spoken about it, but because the Holy Spirit was like nothing they'd experienced before, they must have wondered. And sometimes God's given us a promise, and we wonder, don't we? We think, you know, we're confused. We're like, well, when is God going to, to you know, you might have had a word from somebody, and you're waiting for that to happen, and you're wondering, did I get this right? They must have been wondering, did they hear Jesus right? Perhaps they should leave Jerusalem. Has it happened yet? Do we know about it? There must have been a lot of confusion, but they remained obedient and they stayed put. And then that, because of that, eventually, on that day, the Holy Spirit came, baptized them all, gave them the power to do what they needed to do. And this just shows you that we need the Holy Spirit to evangelize. The Holy Spirit is going to tell you what to say to people. The Holy Spirit is going to tell you who to talk to. The Holy Spirit is going to give you discernment. And that's why... The Holy Spirit is key to evangelism. Now, this year we're going to be doing a study into a few things. We're going to do a study into the Holy Spirit because I think there's been a lot of um, false teaching over the years. Some people are frightened because of experiences they might have had in other places. You know, but we're going to do a, a very sober teaching on the Holy Spirit 
so we can all understand all that God's got for us and receive that power so we can go out there and make disciples of people. And um, we're in a great location, you know. We're, we're blessed to be meeting in this place because we're right in the middle of a housing estate. And God, we know God has put us here for a purpose. And we want to reach out to this people, these people. So in the month of February, we want to be praying for ideas from God on how to do this. Ideas tailor-made for this particular area so we can reach out to them effectively and bring them the power of the gospel, see lives changed for God's glory. Amen. So I want you during this month to be praying into this. I want you to be thinking about this and um, coming up with ideas, you know, for, you know, as you pray, allow God to, to give you ideas on, on things that we can do as a church to reach out to the people around us. Back to Chris. Amen. Who finds evangelism easy? All of you. Easy? It can be awkward. Awkward? Difficult? Difficult, isn't it? Evangelism is only easy for a prayer. That's it. When you're so consumed with God, people will stop you and say, what is it about you? If somebody stops you and say, what is it about you that's special about you, would you find it easier to talk to people? Would you, Tim? Yeah? Becomes easier. Why? Because that person has already opened themselves in wanting to know about faith or wanting to know about something about you. So who actually needs to change? We have. We need to be changed. And there is no magic in this, guys. There is no, oh, there's better strategy over in Africa. This is why kind of evangelism works better there and this is why we see signs and miracles and signs and wonders over there and we don't actually see how many times have you heard these things down the years i've heard it many times oh well there is a stronger anointing over in brazil that's why people are getting saved there's a stronger anointing over south korea this is why people are getting saved oh well it's a bit different here in the uk it is a lie of the enemy it is a lie of the enemy. Um, a few weeks ago, I was talking about my trip to Ghana. And I was talking about the fact that it was a Friday night and I'm trying to sleep. It must have been about 11 o'clock at night and I'm trying to sleep. And I could hear people pray. There was about maybe four or five churches in the area that was around. And I can hear people pray. People praying changed the atmosphere. Mm -hmm. 
There is, there's no, there is nothing else. There is nothing else that we ought to do. Strategies come through prayer. Good ideas come through prayer. Doors open through prayer. Favor comes through prayer. Signs and wonders and miracles comes through prayer. Is it interesting that we just find prayer boring? Have you thought about that? That's not just us, but that's universally. You talk to any church leader, they'll tell you about the prayer meeting and the attendance of it. So, prayer. Prayer leading into evangelism because God is talking to us how to evangelize. Talking to us how to do it. And the next bit is discipleship. Discipleship. When we hear the word discipleship, we think about new Christians. Can I say that we all need to be discipled? We all need to be discipled all the time. Because we all get stuck. Am I the only one who got stuck? Have you ever been stuck in your life? Have you ever felt a bit dry? A bit tired? A bit run down? Have you got up one morning and thought, ah, oh, stuff church, really? I can't really be bothered. Have you thought about that? And if you say no, well, you just got to tell me what you're doing because I think we all felt like that. You know, that means we continuously need an input of God in our life. That's what discipleship means. Discipleship means not just about learning new things, you know, what is prophecy or what is, you know, or getting insight in the word of revelation or in the book of revelation. That is not just what discipleship means. To be discipled means to be changed and transformed. That's what discipling means. To be disciplined in the things of God. And that don't come just by pointing somebody to a, a classroom where you're learning something or you're learning something for somebody. That's not just it. It could be part of it. But when we have become believers, which all of us here are, we need to be spurred on our journey continually. If we don't do that, what happens? We fall out of church. We fall out of our relationship with God. We don't think it becomes important anymore. It's not the center of our lives. And we can all fall into that trap. So discipleship, again, will come out of a time of prayer and fasting and seeking God. And you may say, well, Chris, looking at this vision means I have to change everything about my life. That's exactly what we say. Because our lives, you see, are constructed in such a way that um, we always, you know, find things that we want to do. From the time you get up in the morning to the time you're going 
to sleep, apart from going to work, because we all have to work, we all have to pay our bills, we all have to do that, but we, everything else is up to us, it's down to our time, it's down to the way we plan, it's down, a lot of that is due to the, down to the practicalities of how we do things. Put prayer in the center of our lives. Put fasting in the midst of our lives will change and transform us into a person that's soaked and be soaked with the presence of God. So that we can be the people that God says we would be. You know, God says that we will do exploits. Jesus says that we will do more than he did. I actually haven't really globally, I haven't actually seen that yet. and We haven't seen that yet. We haven't seen the church be the powerful organism that it's meant to be. And I want us, we want us for Gateway. That we are buzzing for God. That we are buzzing for his presence, first and foremost. That we want him and it's organic. And say attitude of willingness to be seeking his presence. And when that is soaked into our being, and that's all we can think about. All we can think about is God, you know. Everything then comes out of that, and everything becomes easy. Easy to evangelize. Easy to talk to people. Easy to be talking about Jesus. Easy to be talking about the things of God. I want that. We want that for our church. We want God to be the center of everything that we do. Is that, is that good? Can, I, can we get an Amen. So we want you to um, pray for us and pray that we can come together, the church. And we can't do this, guys, just by having great ideas. We can't just do this by just our own. We need the church to mobilize. We need the church to find ways, you guys, to find ways to come together, to pray together, to see God together. Let's just bow our heads together. Lord, we want to be soaked with your presence. We want to be revived inside. If we're feeling a little bit flat, if we're feeling a little bit despondent this morning, the answer is praise and your presence. I pray you help us. You help us with our daily routines. I pray you help us and give us insight about our own lives, our planning, our own time, our family time, 
our business, our workplace, wherever we do, that somehow we will find time for you in the midst of our busy, busy week. That we will give you priority over everything that we do. That we will prioritize you. Singing and worshiping Jesus be the center that we really mean what we sing and what we say. It is a challenge because of our commitments. But I pray, O oh God, there would be a willingness from this morning onwards there will be a turnaround, there will be a shift in our hearts. Unless we are really willing, we're not going to do anything about it. It's just going to be a good talk but I pray that we'll take it seriously this morning together as a church we will mobilize just like the church in Acts that they came together in one accord that they seek you and stayed together and seek you until there was a manifestation an explosion of your spirit and everything became easy and simple. Because not, it's not an act of any human. It is an act of God. It is an act of the power, the presence of the Holy Spirit. We pray you help us. This is our heart's desire. We pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. You may get a dream, you get a vision, you may get an idea about different things. Please send it to us. Please say, oh, don't think, oh, it's a silly or whatever. If you get, you're praying and you get an idea and God drops something in your heart, send it to us. And together as a church, we'll move forward. Teas and coffees, help yourself. We are here to talk to you if you need any prayer, help. If you need anything, any practical advice, we'll do the best we can to help you. Have a great morning, great afternoon, great week ahead. And if you're struggling with anything, please don't, don't, um, don't be hesitant. Bless your children. Our offering basket is here as the children has displayed. So please um, give generously as unto the Lord. God bless you. God really bless you. Have a great Sunday. Oh, no.